You're listening to the Close Knit Podcast. I'm your host, Ani Lee. In episode 68, I spoke to Nathan Ford. Nathan is an improvisational quilter, soft historian, and overall tender maker currently working in Kansas City, Missouri. Ford's practice currently revolves around the intersections of queer history and and his family history of labor in the Rust Belt. Ford creates quilts that incorporate traditional quilt blocks with unconventional materials to communicate issues of status, sexual desire, and personal identity. He has participated in group shows both in Kansas City and Central Ohio, including three at the KCAI Gallery and Image Ohio. Ford's work was featured in Attention Grabbing, published by the Columbus Dispatch. So, sadly, um, this episode got cut up into two pieces when the Zoom recording stopped at 40 minutes or something. And unfortunately, the, only the end of our conversation actually got captured and recorded. So I did what I could. <laughs> um, I'm sad that we didn't get to hear the whole conversation. It was a good one. But I got this last sort of 10 minutes, and I really wanted to put it out into the world so that you could hear at least a snippet of the conversation that I had with Nathan. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, I should have upgraded or used my work account, but <laughs> I didn't expect that to happen but you were you were really beautifully discussing how you're juxtaposing the courthouse steps and the log cabins and thinking about the color and the theory behind those yeah so like the visual qualities of like how they were pieced together and using those um kind of in relationship to each other so like taking um how you would formulate a log cabin and using that within the context of a courthouse step block. And Mm. so like questioning, like, is this one thing or is it another? And um, yeah, just relating that back to, like I said before, you know, like how do we identify a work of art or a person as queer? Right. Right. And like, I kind of feel like we're at a point, I don't know, like, there are historically there are queer signifiers and there are signifiers of like gayness or or lesbianness. <laughs> um, but that like I feel like the definition and sort of like there's just so much expansiveness to that definition now and what yeah. we mean by queer and what we mean by like passing as queer or not and sort of this like I don't know. There's I sometimes wonder about like like there is relevance, right. To being able to identify, to like find safety. But at the same time, I'm interested in not like making assumptions about people based on how they appear. Right. Yeah. And that's why I love, you know, using abstraction that's kind of inherently tied to quilts as like a way of questioning that, because if you don't have, you know, a picture of two men kissing or, you know, it's like, you don't know like we nobody knows it's like and yeah that's what I yeah I just love just questioning that and having a viewer question that and making it kind of difficult of like it's not so cut and paste of like this has a rainbow on it Woo! everybody and their mom's gonna know that I'm a queer artist making queer art it's like I want them to look at a quill and be like you know, there's something off that I don't quite know what's going on. And I know there's something like there's underwear in this quilt and there's something a little bit more sinister that I can tell is going on, but I'm not sure. 
And then it's like, okay, yeah, let's talk about this. And Mm -hmm. yeah, this work is about gay sex or something, you know, Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. as like, yeah, just abstraction as a means of infiltrating um, your audience and then kind of having them question and even question yourself. Right. 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 And I feel like quilting in in particular is such, it's so sort of ripe for this type of work and this type of questioning. Cause I feel like, I mean, I'm making an assumption here, but I think it's, I think it's well-founded that the like modern U S based quilting community and in particular quilting shows and stuff are like a lot of older white ladies. Yeah. Yeah. I like had a breakdown towards the end of my graduation when I was like to my quilting professor, I was like, Kim, I don't know where my work fits because it's like, I, yeah, like, do, like, I'm, do I want to present them through the guild system or through like QuiltCon where it's like all old white men, women that are making, you know, relatively the same work. And then I'm showing up and I'm, you know, like, my ideas are what's important. Like, yes, the visual quality of my quilt is um, something that I'm thinking about, but I'm also interested in like the ideas and the theory that construct the quilt essentially. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that, my work doesn't fill it in. And then I'm like also, you know, making like works sometimes that is like vulgar and is, you know, you know, kinky or just sad sometimes. And Mm -hmm. so it's like when I'm, addressing these conversations it's like do i want a whole bunch of yeah older white women to be like let's talk about gay sex or you know like it's just like a weird territory where i'm like do i want to engage into these conversations it can go south so quickly but then sometimes it's like they're like "Woo, yeah let's talk about it and it's like this beautiful conversation Right. And it's sort of a gateway sometimes and it's hard to know exactly what the reception will be, but I feel like it's kind of an interesting, like it's probably for some people an introduction to the idea, like like just, they probably very rarely think about gay sex, you know, (laughs) I didn't want to be like an introduction to the idea of gay sex, but like (laughs) basically that, which is kind of bizarre to say out loud, but like probably true for some of these people at like quilt con. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there was, I will say, just as like a personal antidote, like when I had my thesis up, this older woman came in and she like, I was in the back of someone's like storefront essentially. And so she came in not knowing that there was a quilt show. She just knew that there was an art show happening in the back of this, you know, very like um, cute retail space. And so she came in and her eyes, like I watched her eyes like light up and she was like, I'm a quilter too but I don't make like weird quilts like this. And she was like, I don't understand these, but I, I know that that is like a flying geese block in this one. And I like understand that this one is like a log cabin. And so I was like, okay, so now that you know that I will prepare you. And I will say like, I'm going to like, if you want to know the meaning behind some of these, um, brace yourself, but like, let's have this conversation. And luckily she was like, yeah. Like, yes, we're doing this and I was like yes we are doing this um well, yeah it's kind of a magical thing when quilters have like an entry point and then they're like oh actually I am curious how you're using this traditional flying geese flock in a different way that is both references the history but is like paving it forward yes yeah 
conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really cool. Um, I think that's just a cool space to be in, to be like, especially a, a field that I, I guess, I don't know. I just know so many people who are, I don't know, I guess I know young quilters too. And maybe it's just that I don't know enough quilters. Cause I feel like when I first got into knitting, people just like assumed that I was the only young person who knit. And I was like, no, <laughs> inaccurate. Lots and lots of young people knit. And I'm sure tons of young people quilt as well, but I feel like I haven't seen as many, or I'm like, I'm still finding the quilters out there that like, whose like aesthetic styles resonate for me and who's like, ways of thinking about engaging with the materiality. I mean, I think, I think I, I also was just like really put off when I first learned about quilting by the idea of just like taking yards of fabric and then cutting them up into tiny pieces and then bringing them. I was like, I was just like, that just sounds like annoying. (laughs) It is also, you know, it's so wasteful. Traditional, like another problem that I have with like traditional quilt boxes that you just like, you have to get it perfect. And you have to, like, there's so much waste. If you're working with circles, LOL, you have so much, like, holes. Just, like, you'll have a yard of fabric and then it's just holes everywhere. And it's, you can't do anything with that. Like, right. Improv, at least, it's, like, I can use every square that I have. And if I can't use it for that specific quilt, it's, like, I'll throw it off to the side and I'll come back to it. Because I'll know that I will use it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think there's, like, all of these ways... I'm glad people are approaching it in the ways that make sense to them, but it's so, it's just so interesting to me how like what makes sense to certain people does not make sense to other people. Like, I think there are people who are like, no, the way that it makes sense to me to make a quilt is to like have this template and to like have these pieces of fabric that I know are cut like this. And like, I know I put them together and I'm only like, I actually got like this little, this little kit from like a secondhand store that somebody had made like definitely in like the 90s like it's so old and it's been sitting in this little plastic bag and I bought it the other day and it's got these little stenciled people and then like had a different you know it was like it was like it had drawn in lines for me to cut which was fantastic yeah (laughs) because I was like oh my god I know exactly where to cut and I didn't have to do the measuring for this this is amazing um but just this kind of I'm only now learning about like, oh, you make a two and a half inch block because you, you take a quarter inch seam allowance. Oh, like all of these, like, yeah, it's like, oh, duh. And then you get, you know, these kind of, because I had done so, like so much of my introduction to, to quilting came through like improvisational patchwork, which just like, take the thing, put another thing on it, slice, 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 keep going. I'm now seeing these sort of like, the building blocks of making quilts of like, oh, you actually could do it in this more methodical way. And that is a totally interesting and valid way to do it that I just like never knew existed. (laughs) And that's funny because like I had the opposite. It was like first week of quilt class, we were learning how to make a drunkard's bath and, you know, uh, a log cabin. And it was like the very precise. And then after that, my quilt professor was like, lol let's do improv where we don't have to do anything you know like everything is wonky and it's you know we're gonna focus on good craft but like who cares if you don't like something cut it up and rework it and it feels like the way music class is taught we're like yeah (laughs) like first you have to learn the rules of composition and then you can break them but only once you've learned them (laughs) like fuck you just let me break the rules (laughs) That was always like, that was me in Hadley's class a lot of the time. I was like, I want to do this weird thing. And she was like, okay, but like, first you have to show me that you like know how to sew. And I was like, 
okay, but I also want to do this like weird thing with like water soluble paper and it's gonna like diffuse into this like lace structure. And she was like, okay, but like you need to learn how to make like a nice button up shirt out of like silk or muslin or, you know, whatever first. And then like prove that you have the like material hands and like you've got the technique down and then you can do this like weird thing yeah have to like learn the rules to break them yeah I do I think that that is honestly where a formal education really comes in handy because that's the piece that I'm always like I don't know how to do fucking anything (laughs) and I'm just fucking around making a bunch of things which is fine it's totally I think both ways of learning are are like both ways of educating yourself and coming to the craft are wonderful but there I I certainly I would love someday in the future to have to be able to have that kind of a of like a hard ass teacher who's like sure do the thing but first you know gavel on the table you have to do that like you have to show me that you can make this really well tailored button down because then you can make a fucking well tailored button down what a skill yeah and it's like I have a well tailored muslin button down and then I can go and I can collage this exact like crazy silk fabric that I'm working on and then turn that into a well-tailored crazy silk button down that's so cool I'm excited to see it (laughs) oh I have plenty of weird but well-tailored button downs (laughs) (laughs) I love that well I had a goal to keep us under an hour and I think I got there, but I should let you go probably. Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. Thank you. This has been amazing. Yeah, so fun.